this, uh, this is a closed session, so we invited a few people to be here, part of this uh, class here tonight. Uh, it's always helpful to me, any preacher will tell you, it's always helpful to have somebody there uh, who's pulling on that anointing. Now, I trust you all at home, you're going to pull the same way, pull on that anointing. Um, I, I need you at home to do just what the people here in the class are doing. They've got some paper out, they've got a Bible out, they've got a pen, a pencil, a marker, or, uh, a lipstick, whatever they got. To, to, get, to take some copious notes so that you know what's going on because what we're teaching is critical right now uh, so that we can be about our father's business. Jesus said at the age of 12, I must be about my father's business. He said to us in uh, Luke 19, 13, he said that we ought to occupy until he comes. Or do business in the new King James. Do business until he comes. And so we're here to do God's business. Amen? Amen. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, I've been uh, teaching about uh, this, uh, what is man, but I've been talking about uh, large money and large work and large territory. And this other word I hope you've been catching, major responsibility. So we have major responsibility that God has given us in the earth, and we want to make sure that we are carrying out the work God has given us. There's a scripture I want you to put on the screen. You don't have to turn to it. They'll put it on the screen for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. You can just write it down. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1, where Paul says that we are workers together with him or with God. So you and I are called to be workers together with God. I was talking about that Sunday. If you, those you're watching from the, for the first time, welcome. Uh, I admonish you to go back over our teachings that we've been doing our regular services on what is man. And so in that set, those sessions I've been talking about, uh, how God didn't call us just to work for him. We didn't say we're workers together for God, we're workers together with God. In other words, God has us on a partnership level. Amen. God's not management, and we're not down there on the employee end. We're all in management. We're in co-management. Now, God just happens to be in upper management. You got it? But we're all called as stewards of the manifold grace of God and stewards over this planet. So we've got major work to do. Now, I also share this with you that through human wisdom, through religion, through carnal-mindedness, people in the, work, in the body of Christ have been locked into natural thinking, okay? Now, online, please don't, don't get offended. With natural thinking, the moment a symptom shows up, it's the medicine cabinet. Or the moment something seriously uh, dangerous or, or, or hurtful happens, it's calling uh, a medical doctor. Now, I'm not picking on anyone for that. It's okay. Thank God for medical doctors. I heard someone say the other night, I was watching, I've been watching this uh, meeting, and they said, if it weren't for doctors, most of us wouldn't be here today. <laughs> so thank God for the doctors. We're not picking on them. But what I'm saying is, is that God didn't call us and give us all this anointing, Christ in us, the hope of glory, give us all this power, give us all this revelation, give us all this word to be dependent upon doctors. The Bible says there was a man named King Asa who had a disease in his feet. And this disease in his feet, the Bible says he died from that because he did not rely on the Lord. He relied, relied on the physicians. I'm not, I'm not picking on physicians. You can use physicians, but the Bible says he relied on the physicians. 
And so that's a natural way of thinking, and God has to bring us up to a supernatural way of operating. Amen? Now, there's a scripture we've been looking at here in our, in our services in Psalm number 8, and I want to take us there for a moment, please. Psalm number 8, turn in your Bibles. I can't hear your Bibles at home, but I trust and hope that you're opening your Bibles. Psalm number 8 and verse 6. It says to us, you have made him, he's talking about man. The question is, what is man that you're mindful of him? You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. That word things is italicized, so we could really leave it and say, you have put all under his feet. Got it? Okay, so again, the beginning of verse 6 says, you have made him to have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Over the works of your hands. So naturally, when we think works of our hands, works of your hands, the God, of God's hands, we think about, you know, the fish, and that's true, and the stars and the moon, right? You know, uh, Joshua, when Joshua needed more time, over the book of, of Joshua chapter 10, Joshua needed more time to defeat the enemy. He uh, said, son, you stand still, moon, you don't, you know, uh, son, don't go down, moon, stand still in the, in the valley of Gibeon, don't go anywhere. In other words, he... He spoke and controlled the sun and the moon. He controlled time. Why? Time is a thing. The sun and the moon are works of God's hands. So he just, I mean, just without, without a faith meeting, without a faith rally, without a believer's convention, he's walking with God and has seen Moses and he knows the power of God enough to just re release his faith to say, sun, don't move, moon, don't move. He stopped time. It's a thing. It's a work of God's hands. Even the climate and the weather. You remember this man named Elijah. The Bible says in James 5 that Elijah was of like constitution, like as we are. James 5, right around verse 17, 18, somewhere around there. says he was a man of like constitution. He's same makeup as we are. And at his word, as your Bible says, at his word, it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And then when he said, okay, that's enough, he spoke again and the rain came. Because rain is a work of God's hands. It's a thing. Climate is a thing. Whether, you know, uh, we, we were so blessed here uh, because... Uh, <laughs> over the revelation we have. There was a hurricane or a tropical storm that was, looked like it was headed our way. And, uh, you know, I took, I took authority over it. Now, I've, I've got a little practice under my belt of taking authority over whether those of you who have been around our church, you've seen Pastor Kim uh, throughout the time of this ministry where we, she takes control over the rain. We've never had an event here at this church outside where we've been rained out. Never. Never in the history of our church. And y'all saying amen at home, right? There's never been an event that's been rained out in this church ever. Even when they said it's going to rain, it's going to pour down, Pastor Kim has already taken the liberty, used the authority to speak to that storm, that rain, and say, no, you hold up until we're done. You got it? 
And so we remember a few years ago, Hurricane Irma was headed our way. It was, it was projected to destroy our, 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 our city here, beautiful city. And I said, no, this is a beautiful city, this is the city of God. I'm not going to let some storm, category one or five, come through and destroy our city. And we took authority. Pastor Kim and myself and my family, we stayed here all night. And we rebuked that storm all night. Such that, such that you woke up the next morning and they showed the actual path. The path was projected to go right through St. Petersburg. And went the, after, the next morning it showed it went around, just like that. went around St. Petersburg. Why? Because hurricanes, weather, rain, wind, they're things. They're the works of God's hands. You got it? Well, you mean God made the hurricane? No, he made the wind. He made the rain. The devil took what he made and stirred it up. But the devil is not over me, I'm over him. We, we, are, uh, we are over all angels. So if we're over all angels, we're definitely over a fallen angel. You got it? So we use our authority and our dominion over things. Now I want you to also uh, push a little bit more because I know you see that. But the Bible says, let's go back to uh, Psalm number 8 and verse 6. Because it says that you've given him dominion over the works of your hands. Yes. Dominion over the works of your hands. Now let's look at something here. Go over please to Psalm number 139. Psalm number 139. You've given man dominion over the works of your hands. So Psalm number 139, verses 13 and 14 please. It says, for you formed my inward parts. Everybody put your hand on your body. Right there, we're at home too. So you can't see your inward parts. Your heart, your lungs, your liver, your spleen, your gallbladder, your bladder, your pancreas, your intestines, your reproductive system, your nervous system, your skeletal system, your muscular system, your endocrine system, your, 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 your excretory system. You can't see all these systems. These are your inward parts. And it says, you formed my inward parts. Then it says, you covered me in. Not with, in. So the, your, mother, your mother's womb covered what God covered. So that means now all your external parts is what he used to cover your inward parts. He put all that in you in your mother's womb. You weren't born skinless. You weren't born without a covering. You got it? So the parts you can see, the parts that, that you, can, you can move about. He says, you covered me in my mother's womb. Now, who did all this? God did it. Now, we're talking about dominion over the works of his hands. Now, look at verse 14. Verse 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully May it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. Oh my God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. That's Psalm number 100. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. So if we didn't make ourselves, I would trust us to fix ourselves. Again, thank God for doctors. Thank God for surgeons. Thank God for specialists. But they didn't make me. 
I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. What works are you talking about? The stuff he just made. And that my soul knows very well. Now, I want you to understand something here. When we talk about, it says, my soul knows very well. He's talking about here, remember in the Old Testament, they're not born again. So they can't differentiate between soul and spirit. So for them, soul and spirit are, are interchangeable. They're one. So we could, we could substitute without, without damaging the text, my spirit knows very well. So my spirit knows that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My spirit knows that he formed me. My spirit knows that he put all these things together. My spirit knows that then that he's the one who can take care of me. My spirit knows what God or how God designed us fearfully and wonderfully. Fearfully and wonderfully. So let's think about this for a second. So a, if you cut off a lizard's tail, and they all ever done that before as a child, cut off a lizard's tail? Or you chop the snake uh, back of his body off a tail off and you thought he was done? This snake doesn't freak out. That lizard doesn't freak out. They, just like they know how to molt or shed their, their bodies, they know how to just regenerate. It's, it's intuitive. It's, it's instinctive in him. Got it? So when, you're, if you're, when your spirit knows, ladies and gentlemen, that God created you with regenerative abilities on the inside. This is very important here. Now, remember, I'm not teaching you about receiving healing, but you got to know how to receive it so you know how to minister. Okay? So God formed all this so your spirit then knows that you don't just have dominion over the moon, over the stars, over the sun, over the birds, over the fish, over the rocks, over the seas. Your spirit knows that you have dominion over your body. You got it? So you ought to write this down. God gave us dominion over the human body. God gave us dominion over the human body. This is very important. That's already a pow. God gave us dominion because it said the works of his hands. These bodies, inward and outward, are the works of his hands. So he gave us then dominion over the human body. We can prove this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, when Paul says, I discipline my body. Y'all got to catch it. I discipline, I, I, everybody say I. I. Now the I there is the spirit, Paul's spirit. Not the Holy Spirit, Paul's spirit. Paul's the one who wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that God is able to preserve us spirit, soul, and body blameless. So he understood that we are, we are also triune beings, right? Three parts, spirit, we have souls who live in bodies. So when he says I, you remember in, in uh, uh, what is it, 1 Corinthians, uh, no, Romans chapter 7, where Paul goes through this whole thing about the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the 
do evil I don't want to do, I end up doing. He said, I see a war within my members. So what I, he's talking about this war between his spirit, the eye that wants to do good, and this soul in his flesh who keeps going haywire. So Paul, unlike David, knows the difference between soul and spirit. Between spirit, soul, and body. So when you put back up here in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, when he says, so I uh, bring my body under subjection, I discipline my body, and bring it under, uh, uh, into subjection, what he's saying is I take dominion over my body. My body wants to do all kinds of things. Help me somebody. Your body doesn't want to be here tonight, sit here and get in the world. Your body wants to be chilled out, vegged out on a sofa somewhere, eating some Cheetos and some drinking some, you know, Pepsi or whatever, just chilling out. Your body doesn't want to get up early in, in the morning and pray and talk to God and praise and worship and read the word of God. Your body doesn't want to do that. Your body wants to do the worst things it can get its hands on. Am I right about it? But Paul says, I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection. So your body can be brought into subjection to your spirit. Now you got to hear that. Because if we can get sick folk to understand that, healing will come. If we can get them to understand, Elder Baker, that your spirit is supposed to run the show and not your body then we can get people to receive healing quickly in other words if we can get people to to operate by uh, now I'm talking first about believers okay if we can get believers to live by truth filled spirits as opposed to symptom filled bodies then we can get healing to them very quickly. And the problem with most people is that they're listening to their symptoms. They're listening to their symptoms. They're listening to their symptoms. Oh, I'm so weak. Stop saying that. Oh, I'm in pain. Stop saying that. Oh, it hurts when I do that. Stop saying that. I'm having trouble breathing. Stop saying that. But I am. Shut up. Stop saying that. Say, I have had. It's okay to say, I have had. But if you say, I have, have is present tense. You have to change your speech. And the, one of the hardest things to do as a, as a faith man preaching is to get Christians to just change their speech and understand, stop letting your symptoms in your body dictate what's going on and start learning the truth in your spirit. The Bible says you shall know the truth, John 8, 32. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Free of symptoms. Free of sickness. Free of disease. Free of malady. Free of conditions. You shall know, you, the spirit you, the real you, shall know the truth. And the truth, we imply, you know, shall make you free. Yes, sir. See? If you don't know that, then you will not let your spirit run the show. You'll let your flesh run the show. And um, it'll be hard to get healing to you. Okay? Now, 
I'm dealing with believers first. I'll get into it tomorrow night heavily because healing isn't just for believers. Jesus never healed a believer. Jesus never healed one born-again person. Never did it. And all the time he was here, three and a half years, he never healed one born-again person. Why? There weren't any born-again people while he was here. Jesus Christ was the first man that passed from death to life, born again from death to life. So nobody was born again before he came, before he died, before he rose again. So everyone, the, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that he healed, they were all sinners. You got it? So we'll deal with them tomorrow night. But it's, uh, uh, you, you, one of the things is we get to practice in the body of Christ a lot of times. But the challenge is to get people in the body of Christ to understand that they are not their bodies. You are not your body. Um, you know, I, I've dealt with so many people in this in the last couple weeks here about, oh, I just can't eat. I'm having a hard time eating. That's your body. You have to eat by faith. There's no faith in your body. Don't let your body tell you you don't want to eat. Don't let your body tell you, oh, if I eat, I'm going to throw up. Hello? Well, you keep saying that. So guess what? You keep throwing up. We've got to go back to the faith basics. I'm talking to exceeding Grace Christian Center members. We've got to go back to faith basics. I know we got highfalutin revelation, but we've got to go back to basics. You shall have what you say. Glory to God. That's right. Open mouth time here. All right. Now, so we got to make sure we, we let our spirits run the show. Understand, again, God gave us dominion over the human body. All right. Now, let's keep moving here. I got a ways to go. Write this down. Write this down. Everybody believes in healing. Everybody. Christian, non-Christian alike, everyone believes in healing. Everyone believes in healing. You will encounter people as you go forth ministering, going forth looking to touch people or minister to people or to heal people or lay hands on people. And you'll encounter people in conversation and they'll have a problem and you say, well, hey, you know, do you believe God can heal that? Oh, I don't believe in all that stuff. You ever encounter anybody like that? I don't believe in all that healing stuff. Or, you know, I've dealt with people who I just, I just go to the doctors. The doctors got it. Obviously, they ain't got it. You've been 12 years, suffered many things and many physicians, and you are not better, but you're worse. The doctor obviously ain't got it. Well, you believe in healing? You don't believe in healing? I don't believe in all that healing stuff. So here's what you do. You simply ask, is a very simple question. Uh, Ma'am, sir, have you ever had a cut? Have you ever cut your finger, cut your hand, cut your, your toe? Yeah, sure, everybody's done that. Can I see it? Well, you can't see it anymore. It's, it's gone. Well, how, how is it gone? Well, it healed right up. Oh, so you have been healed before. Oh, it's, it's that simple. So you have been healed before. You've experienced healing before. Well, I don't believe in all that healing stuff, but you just told me 
that you've been healed before. Well, I don't count it like that. I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about just this and that. Well, how, how does your body know to do that? See, now you get them stumped. See, God designed these bodies to heal themselves. You got it? How many of y'all have ever had a cut? You had a cut somewhere. A bruise, and it just it just healed right up. You didn't, I mean, without you going to the doctor, I'm not talking about stitches, I'm talking about just, just cut just healed right up. I got plenty of them. I mean, I was, I'm a, I was raised as a boy. I was raised as a boy boy. I wasn't no pretty boy. I wasn't no, you know, inside the house with, you know, with a, with a girdle on, or what you call them things, or apron on. I was, I was, apron, that's what they call it. I, I was outside playing my brothers and, you know, my friends on the street. We got it. We tore up all, I mean, we used to race bikes, motocross bikes, and make little ramps, used to jump, I mean, just all kind of stuff. So we got hurt a lot. All the bruises I had, they're all healed up. And that's without faith. That's just natural. That's just natural, something God just programmed into your body. So everyone regardless of what they tell you, believes in healing. They experience it all the time. But what we want to minister to people, what we need to minister in these days, is what we can call supernatural healing. Okay? We're talking about chronic pain, broken bones, torn ligaments, blindness, deafness, dumbness, sicknesses and diseases, Mental issues, those things don't just naturally heal up. You break a bone, it doesn't naturally heal up. You leave naturally, it's gonna, you're going to be deformed. You got it? So we're, we're called to minister supernatural healing. Now, very few people in the body of Christ know how to manifest supernatural healing on their own. Very few people in the body of Christ know how to manifest supernatural healing on their own. In other words, I believe I receive. How many of y'all in here you ever done that? You've, you've had a sickness, something hit your body or whatever, and you just, all right, I'm going to get in the word of God. I'm going to let the word of God be health to all my flesh and so forth. I'm going let to let the word of God just saturate me. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to uh, uh, ask the Lord for the healing. Believe I receive it. I'm going to confess by his stripes I'm healed. I'm going to confess every day. I'm going to give God thanks. I'm going to put forth some actions or whatever to, to my faith, and then I'm going to receive, bam, one day you look up, and there it is, it's manifest. You are in the small, teeny notchy minority in the body of Christ. Okay? So we have to, we have to walk in, uh, have a healing ministry so that we can help people whose faith isn't uh, up to par in that area. Any one of us could do it. Any person in the body of Christ can do this. But most people never take the time to um, educate themselves in the word of God to, to get any kind of faith built to do that. So God needs us. You got it? In James chapter 5, let's go there. James, that's New Testament. Near the back of the book there. James chapter 5. Are y'all getting this online there? Y'all listening? You're tuned in? You're grabbing hold of this? Have I, have I made you upset a little bit? 
Good. Good. Sometimes I have to do that to shake you out of your natural, shake you out of your soul, and get you back into the spirit. Don't let your soul and your flesh dictate your life to you. Let your spirit dictate life to you. Glory to God. Now, as I told you, people don't know how to manifest on their own very often. Let's look at James 5. I'm going to begin reading at verse 13. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Suffering? Is anyone suffering? At home, are you suffering? Well, let him watch television. You don't have time to be watching television. You don't have time to be doing wasteful, useless, vain, foolish things that are not profiting you at all. If you're suffering, it says let him pray. Let him pray. So here's an implication here that there's a place that you're supposed to know how to manifest on your own. Let him pray. Now, I've taught this before, so I don't, I don't have time to go through every little detail of it. Let me keep going here. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Wonderful. That's natural. Is anyone, here it is, among you sick? Now, this sick here is, 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 is serious because we got a real issue here. Is anyone among you sick? Now, I'll ask the media if you'll get this word sick on the screen for us, please, this word sick. It's from the Greek uh, G770, astaneo, which means to be weak, feeble, to be without strength. This isn't just, you know, I got a little headache tonight, a little toothache. You know, you suffer with that, you can go and deal with that. Right? Right? Right at home? To be without strength, powerless. This is, okay, I've been knocked down. I've been overwhelmed by something. I've been sucker punched. <laughs> it comes from G772, Asthenes, which means to <clears throat> be diseased. Okay? It means impotent folk or an impotent man. It's not talking sexually, it's talking about impotent being powerless. Okay? To be sick. To be or be made weak. I'll give you a moment to write that down. I'll give you a moment to write that down. To be or to be made weak. So if anyone among you is just suffering, you pray. Use your faith. Grab a hold of this yourself. But down here, if you're sick, I mean, this, this in our words, it'll be like the kids say, sick, sick. You sick, sick. This isn't just like a little sore throat. This is sick, sick. You, you down. You knock down. You, you don't have the ability to uh, come get in the prayer line. This is, <laughs> you know what I mean? This is, this is it's, it's rough. Okay? So what's the response? It says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Or does this mean... Somebody with a clergy collar on and got an ordination paper on his, on his back. No, it's talking about the mature ones. Let him call for the mature learned ones, the ones who know who they are in Christ and walk in their anointing. 
You don't have to wait for an elder. You don't have to wait for Apostle so-and-so to come uh, from uh, Zimbabwe and whatever. You know, you, you, you give more credence to the one who's got the big platform. And uh, it's not about that. It's about calling for people who know who they are, know what they're called to do, know the anointing that they have. These are elders in the church. You got it? All right, now, so let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So there's a process here, okay? Now, I won't stick too much to that. I just want to show you here what will happen. It says, verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Now, on another night, if this was, was a financial conference, I'd teach on money right here. I could do it because this same, same word, sick, I didn't give you the full definition. The, the other part of that word, sick, implies financially weak. In fact, you, if you look it up in the Greek, you'll see where it means having no means. You're poor and needy, having no means. That same word. So when it gets the prayer of faith, it's really talking about a vow. So a way out of poverty is the vow. Now that's another conference, that's another seminar there. The way out of poverty is the vow because he said when you, that vow of faith will save you or deliver you out of your poverty and the Lord will raise you up. Are you seeing this here? So, but I'm, we're, on a, we're on a healing school tonight. So I want to teach on the healing side of that coin here. And it says, and we'll save the sick and the Lord will do what? Y'all with me, class? The Lord will do what? Raise him up. up. Now, I want to give you that word save. The prayer of faith will save the sick. That word save is Strong's number uh, G4982 is sozo. Oh, we know that word, don't we? Hallelujah. Y'all have heard of the sozo life. It says sozo means to save a suffering one from perishing. In other words, or i.e., one suffering from disease. It means to make well, heal, H-E-A-L, restore to health. I'll give you a moment to write that down. To save a suffering one from perishing, i.e., one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, restore to health. If anybody's sick, call the elders of the church, the prayer of faith will save a suffering one from perishing, one suffering from disease. The prayer of faith will make them well. The prayer of faith will heal. The prayer of faith will restore to health. So restore to health means health is, is, the, um, is the, the given. Health is the norm. You got it? Health is what we're supposed to have. Glory to God. That's the norm. Thank you, Lord. Health is not something you're trying to get. Health is what you have. Something comes along from the enemy to take that health, to attack that health, to ravage that health, but the prayer of faith, it says, will restore health. Are you hearing me? Now, this is what you and I are called to do. So not only do we know how to pray for ourselves and receive healing, but we know when we're sick, 
if we ever get to a place like this, we can call for the elders of the church. And here's what the Bible says, the prayer of faith will save the sick. Now, that prayer of faith, uh, some of you all have heard of Brother Kenneth e. Hagin, and he taught that one of the first ones I heard teach this uh, from years ago, is that, that that prayer of faith is not the, the prayer's faith, it's the receiver's faith. And I'll show you tonight, your job is very simple. Your, your job as a prayer is very simple. That person has to exercise their faith. Got it? That, that's why even you look at that word vow for prayer, prayer uh, vow is an action. So when people call for the elders of the church, they have to now, they're already in one part of the action, which is calling. But then when the, when the faith, when, when the prayer is made, they've got to have some responsive action to that. Okay, get up. Okay, get up and eat. Oh, my God. You remember when Jesus laid, when Jesus uh, cast or healed the fever of uh, Peter's mother-in-law? He said, give us something to eat. Remember when, when he raised up um, that little girl, uh, Talitha Kumi? He said, he said, damn, I say unto you, arise, Jairus' daughter. He said, give us something to eat. In other words, that's an action. That will, that's part of the restoration of your health process. You got it? All right. So the prayer of faith will save the sick. And then it says, back in James 3, verse 14, or uh, verse, uh, uh, yeah, verse 15, rather, says, and the Lord will raise him up. Y'all see that? So let me give you that word raise. So I want you to see what's all happening here. If they're sick, broke down, toe, toe up, from the flow up, right? Can't recover on their own. What the doctors is doing isn't helping. What they're doing in their own faith isn't, isn't getting the job done. Now you're going to add your faith to theirs. God's going to use you to minister through. So you're going to uh, pray over them, anoint them with oil. Now does oil heal? No. Oil is just a point of contact. It's an action. It's part of just, oh, just do it because you're obeying God. Right? Glory to God. It's, it's like a prayer cloth. The cloth doesn't have any power until it's released into that cloth. Glory to God. So then it says he'll raise them up. The Lord will raise them up. That word raise, G1453. Which is means to arouse, cause to rise, to arouse from sleep, to awake. Watch this. To arouse from the sleep of death. Wait a minute, how far are we going on this here, Lord? I just thought we were praying for somebody they got a stomach, you know, issue and they, they just can't get up. No, he says arouse. This word raise means even if they're in the sleep of death. Then it says, watch this, to recall the dead to life. Oh, now, you got to, first of all, be dealing with a person who didn't want to leave. <laughs> if a person want to leave, you better not let you don't touch them. Because they're going to come back and slap you far out your mouth. They're going to cut you all up down your left and your right side. <laughs> all right? Then it says, watch this last part. Here's what I want you to see here. To cause to rise from a seat or bed, etc. From a seat. In other words, 
someone is in a seat, they can't rise on their own, or they're in a wheelchair, they're bound to something, it says the Lord will raise them up. How many of y'all believe this? So the Lord will raise them up. Or if they're in a bed and can't rise. As long as they're willing to put the action in place, following that release of faith, then it says the Lord will raise them up. Put that scripture back on the screen. James 5, verse uh, 15. Because here's the last part of this. A lot of times we don't deal with this last part, but here, here's what it says. And if, it's, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Well, why, is it, why would James, by the Holy Ghost, throw in if he's committed sins? Because sin opens the door to sickness and disease. The Bible calls it the law of sin and death. Are you saying because I'm, I'm sick I've been in sin? I'm not saying that. It says if he has committed sins. It didn't say because he's committed sins. It says if. So I'm not accusing anybody about there doing some stuff. But, you know, I know some people out there doing some stuff. You know, people in the, in the club, they shouldn't be in the club. And they're coming down with all kind of stuff. As I'm teaching this tonight, that we're in coronavirus season. I don't know when you're watching this. Maybe you're watching this in 2027. But uh, when I'm teaching this right now, we're in coronavirus season. And the coronavirus season started exploding when everybody started going back to the club. Going back to the bars, drinking and slipping and tipping and dipping and tripping. They start doing all that kind of stuff here in the back room, in the back booth. Dog in the night. Going down the street to her house. And all kind of stuff has come up from, up from that. So the Bible throws in here, if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. In other words, if sin was behind what brought him into that condition? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That means a person who they, 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 uh, drugs got them there. Or they were promiscuous and they've contracted a disease and that disease has gotten to this point where they're, whatever the case is. God says, that's not too much for me. Same thing, same rule applies. If he's committed sins, I'll raise him up. I'll forgive him. I'll forgive him. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that loving of our Father? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At home, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when we walk into, into a situation, we don't, you know, we don't have to go checking people, you know, you in sin? <laughs> now, let me just throw something in here. If you were to read verse 16, though, it says, confess your trespasses or your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Okay, so that's a little confession is good for the soul and the body, huh? You know how they say milk does the body good? Well, confession does, does the body good, too. Get, this, get some stuff off your chest. If you're in the chat side, go ahead and put that in the chat. I need to get something off my chest. I need to get something off my chest. I'm tired of going through, tired of migraines, tired of being depressed, tired of having all this stuff right here. No, I got to get some stuff off my chest. 
Now, don't, I don't want you to come stand in front of the whole church. Listen, I have sinned. No, to one another. Find you another that you can confess to and then go to someone who can pray for you because when you confess to one another, you're going to also pray for one another. So don't confess your, your, your sin to some immature person because you're going to then be a stumbling block for them. Glory to God. Glory to God. So now, all right. So let's put verse 15 back on the screen for me, please. Verse 15. So the prayer of faith will, will, will save the sick. The Lord will, will, will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will, will, will be forgiven. Notice there's no might. There's no possible, well, depending on, you know, certain conditions, certain circumstances, and depending on, you know, whether, you know, the Lord likes them or not, or depending on how the Lord feels on a Thursday. Will. 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 Three times. Will. The Lord will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up. He will be forgiven. So, from verse 15, then, y'all with me? We can easily conclude that healing the sick, saving the sick, raising people up, is the will of God. Again, there's no maybes, no might, no hopefullys. It's will. So I want you to make sure you write this point down tonight. It is God's will to heal everyone. It is God's will to heal everyone. It is. Highlight a circle is God's will to heal. Make that special. Everyone. Sinners, saints alike. New believers, seasoned saints alike. Ones who walk in perfection and ones who fall down and get back up again. It's God's will to heal everyone. Heaven bound and hell bound alike. It's his will to heal Everyone, say it, it's God's will to heal everyone. Y'all saying it at home, let's say it again. It's God's will to heal everyone. Now you and I have to know that because when we, when we go out ministering to people, we cannot have doubt in our minds. We cannot be sitting there with any sort of prejudice in our minds. Well, I don't know this person worried they're being healed or not. Some guy, he's the worst drug dealer in the whole south part of St. Petersburg. And you're going to say, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's God's will to heal him because, you know, go forever. No, you, no, you can't do that. It's God's will to heal everyone. You're not going to make any distinction. God makes no distinction. 
the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. God has no respect of persons. He's respect of faith. And if, if a heathen will let you pray for him, pray for him and say, hey, will you pray for me? They're releasing a little of faith. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, God has given to every man the measure of faith. So he's acting in the limited faith he has. You and I cannot allow uh, preconceived notions and preconceived ideas and our own judgmental mindsets to tell us uh, who gets healed and who doesn't get healed. That's what hospitals do. Oh, my God. That's what doctors and surgeons do. They, they determine who gets, who gets treated and who doesn't get treated. They make decisions based on who can pay and who cannot pay. <laughs> but not us. Not Father God. It is God's will to heal everyone. Oh, my. My goodness. Y'all got it? Let's prove it. Matthew 12, verse 14 and 15. Matthew 12, verse 14 and 15. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all doing all right here? Matthew 12, verse 14 and 15. It says here, verse 14, Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him, Jesus, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he Heal them all. It is God's will to heal everyone. Great multitudes. And he healed them, how many? All. all. That means he didn't go, you know, picking and choosing. Oh, I don't like how she looks. I don't, I'm not sure. That guy, oh, yeah, come on. You, I, I heal you. Yeah, come on. No respect to persons. He healed them all. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of John, chapter 2, that Jesus knew what was in every man. Remember the Bible talks about that? It said he didn't, knew, he didn't need anybody to tell him what was in man because he already knew what was in man. That means that whole multitude that's sitting out there, 10,000 people, if, if 5,000 came through the healing line and he knew all of them, he knew, he knew these people, they're just here for the fish, they're just here for the bread, but he healed all of them. <laughs> he, he knows that their heart's not with me. He, he, knew, he knew the spies that were in the crowd. Oh, my. He knew the spies that were in the crowd. He knew the ones who, who would follow him and yet a few years later would betray him, would crowd, crucify him. He knew. He knew Judas was with him. Yet he took care of old boy. So here's Jesus as he's out there ministering and anyone who came, anyone who came, anyone in need, he healed them. He healed them. Say it at home. He healed them all. It is God's will to heal everyone. Let's look at the book of Luke, please. Luke chapter 6. Luke 6. Hallelujah. Luke 6. 
and verse, verses 17, 18, and 19. Luke 6, verses 17, 18, and 19. Are you there? And he came down with them, Jesus with his disciples, on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. Now you got a few Gentiles mixed in here. Who came to hear him and be healed of their disease. Oh, Father, let it be that in this church people come to hear and to be healed. I thank you, Father, that people will not stay away by, by the droves, but they'll come, they'll know that there's healing power in this place, that they'll come to hear and be healed. They came to hear and be healed of their diseases. Whatever was causing them to be diseased. In other words, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Life is supposed to be easy. Oh, Jesus, you ought to write that down. My life is supposed to be easy. I just heard that in the spirit. My life is supposed to be easy. The devil brings along diseases to take me out of my ease, but I go to Christ and he will heal my dis-ease. They came to hear and be healed of their diseases, verse 18, as well as those, as well as those, as well as those who were tormented. Not just in their bodies, but in their minds and their souls with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Isn't that wonderful? Verse 19, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. My goodness. Whole multitude. We're not told how many, but we're, we're imagining if it's a whole multitude, it's, it's hundreds, if not thousands of people that are around him. We know that when he fed the multitude, it was 5,000 members, women, women and children, about 20,000 people. The next time he fed them, it was 4,000 members, women and children, probably about 15,000, 16,000 people. <laughs> so, and it said the whole multitude, they sought to touch him for power went out. In other words, remember that woman with issue of blood? She touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says immediately he felt virtue go out of him. Immediately she felt within herself that she was made whole of that plague, of that disease. So power is flowing from his body. That's like you and I with the body of Christ. So guess what? Power is always flowing from our body. All we got to do is turn the switch on. I heard, I was listening to Dr. Creflo Dollar teaching, and he talked about how your power company is not going to come flip the switch for you. Your power company provided the power. You got to flip the switch. Oh, I called Duke, honey, because these lights just won't come on. I don't know why. I paid the light bill and none of the lights come on. Well, did you turn the switch on? Well, no, Duke doesn't do that. No, they don't, they don't come turn the power on for you. They, you got you to turn the switch on. You got to plug the refrigerator in. You see? So the power is already made available to us. 
Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you power over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So he's already given us the power. We just got to turn on the switch. So power went out from him and healed how many of them? Healed them all. Remember this, what I said. It is God's will to heal everyone. Y'all getting this so far? All right, take a quick minute. I just want to take a quick minute. Y'all stand up, get off your bottoms for a minute because we got a, we got a ways to go. But I want y'all to just stretch a little minute. If you're sitting at home, stretch a little bit. Make your body come into line. Bring your body into subjection so we can keep going. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're in class. This is what we do in class. In class, you got to take a recess, a little break. We're not going to go outside and run around the playground, but we're just going to move our bodies a little bit. Glory to God because I want you to be in tune. I want you to be listening. I, I want your body taking over. Glory to God. When you got it, just take your seat and let's get back into it. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. It is God's will to heal everyone. Everybody say, including me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Including me. And now that I know I'm going to be called to minister this same healing, anybody I talk to everywhere I go, no matter if they're black or white or brown or yellow or, or polka dot or straight or gay or drunk or sober or whatever they are, it is God's will to heal everyone. We're going to rock this world in a minute because people are going to be surprised. You mean God wants to heal me? Yes, God wants to heal you. I don't go to church. It doesn't matter that you don't go to church. God's will is to heal your body. Hallelujah. Well, I'm Buddhist. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm Hindu. It doesn't matter. Listen to me, Christians. Stop Stop hoarding up all that healing anointing and saving it just for Christians. No, he healed them all. Hallelujah. God's got enough power to go around. You don't have to save it for all the Christians. He's got enough power to heal them all. He healed them all to heal them all. Glory to God. Now, all right, now. So never under any circumstance question God's will to heal someone. You heard what I said, never under any circumstance question God's will to heal someone, okay? Now, we're in Luke 6, right? Let's go back one chapter to Luke 5, Luke 5, verse 12 and 13. Y'all see this story? It says, and it happened when he was in a certain city that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So the man was questioning, doubting the will of Jesus. So he said, if you're willing. Notice he said, you can. I know you can. What I'm not certain about is if you're willing, most or at least much of the body of Christ knows God can heal anything. God can heal my body. God can keep me. We've preached it and we've sang it. We've 
we've, we've ministered it for years. But when it comes down to the practical part of it, people aren't sure if God will. Thank you, Lord. So Jesus, watch what he does. Verse 13. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be clean. I am willing. Jesus makes a declarative statement. I am. Who's the great I am? Oh, my God. He's not, I understand if you read that in just natural English, you're just like, okay, I'm willing. Like, you know, you, you might, might even make a contraction. I'm willing. But I need you to see who's talking. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection of the life. I am the bread of life. He said, before Abraham was, I am. I am that I am. Like Moses, when Moses asked God, who should I say sent me? And God said, say, tell them I am that I am. So Jesus is the I am. So when he said, I am willing, he's not just saying, yes, uh, I'll do it. He's saying, I am is willing. God is always willing to heal. God is always willing to deliver. God is always willing to raise people up. God is always willing to forgive people's sins. I am willing. <laughs> we can really take out, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Now we know when Moses asked God, who should I say sent me? And he said, tell him I am that I am. So we could say a name for God is I am. So let's take out I am here and put God. Then he put out his hand and touched him saying, God willing. Be cleansed. <laughs> God willing. God willing. God's will. God wills, be cleansed. <laughs> oh, I hope y'all are getting this at home tonight. So never under any circumstance question God's will to heal someone. Now, somebody might say, well, I was sure what Jesus was here. Because if he was here, he'd do all these things and he could heal my body. And, you know, we could see him do all kind of things. Okay, but listen, Jesus said, I'm going back to my father. Right? Now, while he was here, he only did the will of his father. In, in, in uh, Hebrews 1, 3, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the express image of God. He's the express image of God. That word image, if you set it out in the Greek, it's like character. He's express character of God. Um, some of y'all remember back in the old days of credit cards, when before we had stick your chip in a machine or before you swiped the stripe, they take your credit card and lay it on a device and they take this piece of this handle and slide it over it to make an imprint. 
they, what they were doing, they were making an image. They had to rub this over that, the, the, the lettering, the raised lettering on your card, and what was on the card transferred. In other words, what they now had was the express image of your card. So when it says Jesus Christ is the express image of his person, of God's person, that means he's a duplicate of God. He's, he's, a, he's the exact, when you see him, he, he told Philip, when you see me, you've seen the Father. Right, you read John 14, what do you mean can, can we show you the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So whatever we saw Jesus do, we know it's the will of God. It's the will of God. Glory to God. So you don't, you don't need Jesus to be here. God is still alive. Jesus is on his throne, and he's in us the hope of glory. So guess what? I have news for you. If you see me, you see the Father. Just point at your finger at yourself and, and say, if people see me, they see the Father. That's, that's, y'all, y'all get in trouble talking to all your religious cousins like that. You go home and talk to your religious auntie and your cousin them and tell them that if you see me, you see the father, they're going to slap you and put you out the house and say you're a heretic, you're going to hell, you better get out of that church. No! If you've seen me, you've seen the father. <laughs> people can't, how, how people going to see God today except through you? In John 8, verse 29, Jesus says this, because, again, I want to just make this point clear to you that he only does the will of his Father. John 8, 29, it says, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. So when he told that man, I am willing be cleansed, he, was, he knew that pleased the Father. So healing pleases the Father. So it doesn't matter Jesus Christ isn't here. The church has to realize that we are the, the body of Jesus. We carry out the work of Jesus. He said in John, uh, I think it was 14, 12, somewhere around there, the works that I do, Greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. The works that I do, greater works than these shall you do. Greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. The works that I do, greater works than these shall you do, shall you do. So as much as we are in awe of what Jesus Christ did on this planet, how he would heal a whole multitude, he said greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. So now he goes to the Father. I, I like this. Can I just stay here for a moment? Yes. Go to John 14. We're in the same chapter, verse 21. He said, because I go to the Father, right? Well, how is this going to help us? He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Go back to verse 20. Go back to verse 20, because I, I know verse 21. That's one of my favorite verses I've been quoting, because I always ask the Lord to manifest himself to me. Give me verse 20, though. Verse 20. 
at that day you will know that I am in my Father. Now remember he just told us in verse 12, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And at that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. That means God and Jesus are all up in here. God and Jesus Christ are all up in here and I'm all up in them. We are one big intertwined ball together. When you see the me, you have seen the Father. I walk in the Father's authority. I walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. So I walk in the same anointing, the same power by the self-same spirit. I don't have a lesser anointing, a lesser faith, a lesser Holy Ghost. It's the same one. Thank you, Lord. So it's God's will to heal. Are you getting this class? Exodus 15, verse 26. Exodus 15, verse 26. Hallelujah. There's a big one right now in coronavirus season. At the end of Exodus 15, 26, God says, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am. I am heals me. I am heals you. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, I am willing. Oh, y'all got to catch it. Because that's, all, that's what I am does. I am heals. That's all he does. He heals. He makes alive. He raises the dead. Oh, my God. I am the Lord who heals you. That word Lord, uh, uh, heals rather, comes from uh, the word Rapha. Heal. Strong's number 8, 7495. Now, some of y'all, if you've been watching Faith Victory, you, you've heard Apostle Derber teaching on this. you got to catch this. Get it in your spirit. I'll bring it back to you tonight. That word Rafa means, listen to this. Are you listening online? To mend by stitching. What's been torn up? What's been broken up in your life? What's been torn up? What's been broken up in your physical body? Jehovah Rafa will mend by stitching. He'll stitch your life back together. Stitch your parts back together in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. To mend by stitching. Figuratively means to cure. Cure? 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 It didn't say treat. Treat. People right now are going to the hospital trying to get people to treat coronavirus. Treat cancer. Treat HIV. Treat diabetes. Treat my diabetes. I need some kidney treatment. God didn't say I'm going to treat you. He said I'm the God who heals you. I'm the God who cures you. Oh, my, 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 my. I'm not a treater. I'm a doctor. I'm a healer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. To cure. Cure. He said it over in Jeremiah 33 somewhere. He talked about I'll bring it cure. I'll bring it. A, I, oh, man, let me look at that. Media, get it for me. Give, give me Jer it's thir Jeremiah 33 something. Uh, he says, uh, I will bring it cure, uh, a healing. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
I, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Other translations will say, I'll bring it a cure. That's what Jehovah Rapha does. God, catch this, listen to me online. God does not practice medicine. <laughs> he doesn't need to practice. You only practice when you don't know what you're doing. You only practice when you're trying to get it right. Woo-wee. No, no, he cures. He cures. Rafa, to mend by stitching, figuratively to cure. To cure, cause to heal. Cause to heal. That's what it happened to people, they cut the little finger. He caused your finger to heal. <laughs> physician. Physician. The great physician. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Oh, there is a balm in Gilead. There is a physician. His name is Jehovah Rapha. <laughs> He'll heal all of your diseases in the name of Jesus. To repair thoroughly. Not repair and then we'll come back six weeks from now and we'll try to work on the other part and then, you know, we'll just, you know, with this, every time we do this. I remember being in the hospital visiting one of the young guys in the church one day. His mother was there and I, the doctor came in and said, well, ma'am, you know, it seems like, this is a doctor. She said, ma'am, it seems like every time we, we fix one thing, we make something else worse. And I said, did you hear what she just said? Did you hear what she just said? This is what I've been telling you. Get this baby out of here. Get this baby out of here. Let's use our faith. Because when God does it, he doesn't do anything half-hearted, halfway. He cures and heals thoroughly to make whole. Make whole. Hallelujah. Get, get uh, Y'all know this one, over, this one over here, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse... Uh, I'm just going to start at verse 1 because I like it. Verse 1 through 3. <laughs> Psalm 103, verse 1 through 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you hearing this at home? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory. Somebody, you're receiving your healing right now. You're receiving your deliverance right now. You're receiving a touch from the Holy Ghost right now. Jehovah Rapha is there in your room. He's visiting you right now. He's examining you every, every moment. He's checking you out, and he's bringing you complete cure and making you whole from all your sickness and all your disease. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Stop crying. Why are you disquieted within me? Why are you all uh, 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 unsettled? So bless the Lord, oh my soul. But I don't feel like it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Something about to happen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, every part in me, bless the Lord. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. Bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Verse 2, give me verse 2. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his what? All his what? When people go get a job, they want to know what are my benefits. People wait one day hoping I get my disability benefits, my social security benefits. And they go to the military. Well, they got good benefits. You want to marry somebody in the military because you know they have good, some good benefits. 
That good TRICARE insurance. Oh, my. Get good benefits. They know what it's all about. Everybody wants to know what the benefits are. Well, you can't beat these benefits. Benefit number one, who forgives all your iniquities. That opens the door for the rest of it. Here comes number two, which when you see God, oh my Jesus. Y'all know the pattern. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden where they sinned, they fell backwards. In other words, they, were, they had divine life, divine provision, and uh, spiritual connection to God. First thing they lost was life, spiritual life, so they spiritually died. So spiritual death came as a result of sin. Then poverty plowed the garden, and you know, had to work now, had to toil for everything, and then they had to deal with now physical death. The soul that's the sinners, you know, they, you eat the fruit, you're going to die. It took them 900 years to do it, but they, he began to die. Before Adam sinned, we don't know how long Adam was here. Adam might have been here 10 years, might have been here a million years before he sinned. Because before he sinned, there was no time. There was no calendar. He didn't need birthdays. He was in eternity before he sinned. But from the moment he sinned, Psalm 103, he forgives all your iniquities. I was talking about how, how Adam fell back, Adam and Eve. Spiritual death, poverty, sickness, and natural death. 
So then notice when these benefits come about, it repairs them in that same order. So he forgives all your iniquities. Then it says, heals all your diseases. Glory to God. Now, he heals, make sure you note know this, all diseases. Now, this is important because as you go out ministering to people, they, you have to know that you will never run into a disease that God can't heal. In other words, it might be a headache, one, 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 one person, a toothache, another person, and it might be stage four cancer on the next person. And you can't all of a sudden go from, well, this person got a cold and all of a sudden they tell you you got cancer. You're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do about that? No, it's the same faith, the same anointing, the same spirit, the same power, the same healing. God is not moved by coronavirus or cancer any more than he's moved by a common cold. Write this down. There is no sickness or condition, disease or condition that God cannot heal. There is no sickness, disease, or condition that God cannot heal. At home, make sure you write this down. Don't just put this in the, in the chat. Write this down for yourself. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to educate you, empower you so that you can go about doing Father God's business. There is no sickness, disease, or condition that God cannot heal. Hallelujah. Put Matthew 4, verse 23 and 24 on the screen, please. Matthew 4, 23 and 24 on the screen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at what it says here. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases, disease among the people. That's lovely. He went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness. You know, there's in the earth today all kinds of sickness. I feel like there's a new one coming out every day. We're dealing with, you know, in this, in this uh, coronavirus season, they just announced today that there is some uh, new uh, paralysis, not a new one, uh, paralysis causing uh, disease that's hitting children. Well, what else we got to think about? None of it. It's all the same to God. There's no big disease and little disease for God. He went about healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease, a distinction between sickness and disease. <laughs> Give me verse uh, 24 as well, verse 24. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people. Can I, can I, can I just throw something in right here? 
Do you know that if the church, the body of Christ, had been functioning like we're supposed to have been functioning in this time, they would have made sure churches never shut down. They would have said, you sick? It's bad? You better, better get to the church now. There's a church now. There's some, there's some churches around there. You better go to get to the church. Because when people knew that there was a healing ministry somewhere, they brought to him all sick people. My prayer is that as we rise up in this church and in the body of Christ worldwide, that they'll stop sending all sick people to the emergency room, to the hospitals, but they'll start bringing the sick people to all those here who are walking in a ministry of healing power. Brought to him all sick people. Remember, we already read all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease. Now we have all sick people who were afflicted with various Now, the Holy Ghost is funny he, he, because he's very adamant about pointing out to us variety. In other words, he wants, to, wants, wants us in our sanctified imagination to see there's nothing you can leave out in this verse. All kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease, then various diseases. And torments, and then he lands names some specifics. And those who are demon possessed, epileptics, people having seizures, and paralytics—they're—they're—they're—they're paralytics, quadriplegics—and he—he rubbed them on their backs. What did he do? Come on now, he healed them because that's what a Rafa does. Rafa's hell. Rafa is on the inside of you. You walk in the power of Jehovah Rapha. So when people come to you, God is sending them to you to heal them. Y'all got this here. All right, now we got a couple more places we got to go here. All right? Give me Luke. 4 and verse 40. No sickness or disease that God cannot heal. No condition that God cannot heal. Luke 4 and verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Various diseases. Laid his hands, everyone, and healed them. How did he do it? He laid his hands on them. Now, we're going to have to do something about social distancing. It's coronavirus season. Because, because you and I, listen to me, especially Exceeding Grace Christian Center members. Listen, especially you. Because we're, we're going this whole new thing with masking and all that kind of stuff. Don't come here with all that fear. Don't come in here with all that paranoia. If you're going to do that, stay home. Because you're going to have to, I'm going to teach this tomorrow night. I'm going to deal with tomorrow night 
I got it in my notes already for tomorrow night, about the anointing protection. So you can't get over here in fear because you still have to lay hands. There's no virtual laying on of hands. Well, no, Jesus will understand because these are different times. You don't think Jesus knew the end from the beginning? Didn't your word say God declares the end from the beginning? So he already knew the end times. He didn't say, well, lay hands on the sick except for during coronavirus. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Now, they had all kinds of diseases, various diseases. Now, some of those were communicable. Some of those were, they were contagious. Y'all come back tomorrow night. I remember what happened in Luke 5, 12. The man said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You can. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So there is no sickness or disease or condition that God cannot heal. Okay? All right, now write this down. Healing, this is important. This is important. Healing always comes. I'm going to give you these couple of PowerPoints here tonight, and then we'll be ready for tomorrow. Healing always comes. Now, if you're out there and you're trying to receive healing and you've had somebody pray for you, you've called our prayer line or you've had one of the saints pray for you or you, you, you've prayed or whatever has happened, healing always comes. Well, I don't feel healed. That's your body talking. You're letting your symptom-filled body tell you how to operate. Healing always comes. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in him. Confidence. Confidence. That if we ask anything according to what? According to what? One more time, according to what? Now, we've gone through methodically and proven to you that healing is God's will. So if we ask anything according to his will, so we never pray those prayers like, Lord, if it be your will, please heal my body. Lord, if it be your will, please heal so-and-so. No, we've proven it's always God's will to heal. So now we know then here that if we ask anything according to his will, first thing is he hears us. Hallelujah. If you ask according to his will, now he's like, oh, oh, you're talking to me. Hey. Which means if you don't ask according to his will, he's not paying any attention. Because he only talks from the, from the uh, context of his will. He only conversates from the context of his will. So once I ask from his will, I know he hears me. Secondly, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So if healing is God's will, and it is, and I ask him for healing for me or for someone else, 
I know he hears me. And if I know he hears me, then I also know that we have what we asked him for. Period. So healing always comes. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Matthew 9, verse 35. Matthew 9, verse 35. Let's get these in here. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. This is what he did. Now look at Matthew 10, verse 1. Now, we're going to get it off Jesus here. We're going to get, okay, for all you religious people, we're going to get on some regular folk now. Just regular folk. Like me and you. You, you don't think you like Jesus? You're wrong. But, but if you don't think you're like him, I'm going to give you some people who are just like you then. And when he had called his 12 disciples, are you one of his disciples? He gave them power over unclean spirits to negotiate and talk to them. Okay, cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He gave them power to do it. Power to heal. Now look at verse 7 and 8, please. Same chapter, verse 7 and 8. And as you go, he's talking to those same disciples, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So notice Jesus Christ's assumption and expectation is that people will be healed. Notice, and I'll deal with this tomorrow night too, a little bit uh, in, in more depth. But notice he didn't say, pray for the sick. When you go preach and then heal the sick. In other words, you already have the power. Freely you have received, freely give. You have received it, now release it. You don't have to ask. Duke's not going to come turn your light switch on for you. They're not going to come plug your vacuum cleaner in for you. They've already provided you the power. So God's already provided us the power. So he expects when we go out, we simply heal the sick. Now, he wouldn't tell them to heal the sick if he knew healing may or may not come. He said, do it. Somebody shout, do it. Just heal the sick. Glory to God. Now, here's a scripture we know very well. I'm going down to Mark 16. I'm, I'm going down to Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. You know this one. Because remember, I'm proving to you our statement here, healing most often comes depending on healing what now? Say it one more time. Always. It always comes. Well, I know so-and-so. They, they got on a prayer line and they didn't get healed. It just got worse. 
you will lie. Healing came. Healing came. Healing always comes. If not, God's a liar. <laughs> Put the scripture on the, on, the, on the screen. Hold on that. Go to Romans 3, verse 3 and 4. Go to Romans 3, verse 3 and 4. I'll come back to Mark 16. I got a couple extra minutes. Romans 3, verse 3 and 4. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Healing always comes. Well, I don't believe that. Or they prayed, they didn't have belief. That, that didn't change God's faithfulness. Somebody asked for healing, he sent it. Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. If healing didn't come, you a liar. That's how you tell somebody, use a lie. <laughs> I know y'all don't say that in, in the suburbs, but in the hood, we say use a lie. Use a straight, bold-faced lie. Don't be a bold-faced lie. You a bold-faced lie, man. That's bad. Certainly not indeed. Let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. So God always sends healing. Now let's go back to Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. It says... And these signs will, remember that word will we kept saying? Yes. Will follow those who believe. In my name, they will, will, will cast out demons. They will speak with, with new tongues. Who going to cast out demons? They, you, you a believer? You can cast out demons. Don't let demons scare you. No, you can cast them out. They're under your feet. Don't let demons scare you back into your room and keep you from going outside and keep you from enjoying your life. No, you cast demons out. They will speak with new tongues, verse 18. They will take up serpents. Now, I'm not, don't go out there trying to handle snakes. But Paul ran into one on accident. Took him up and cast him down. And if they, if they drink anything deadly... This is a good one right here. Because you don't know what you're drinking when you go to the restaurant. You don't know what you're eating coming out the grocery store. By the time you've eaten the red onions, then you find out they had a recall because the red onions had salmonella. Oh, too late. I already ate them. <laughs> I already ate them too late. See, that's why you don't put your trust in that. You put your trust in this. Because you don't know what people are. I'm eating organic. That's what they tell you. They tell you it's organic. If you didn't grow it in your own backyard, you do not know. <laughs> so it says it will by no means hurt them. Now watch the last one. Everybody said the last one. They will lay hands on the sick and they, the sick, will recover. So that means, according to God, healing always comes. Now let God be true, every man a liar. 
So you're going to have your cousin, your auntie, your grandma, them going to tell you, well, I know so-and-so, and this happened over here, and you can't go by that. All right? Now, healing always comes. So what's our job? Our job, according to this, put, put verse 17 and 18 back on the screen for me, please. Our job, it says these signs will follow th- those who what? Believe. So my first thing to do is to believe. My next thing to do is in verse 18 is I lay hands on the sick. That's my job. Believe and lay hands. Recovery is not my job. Receiving is not my job. My job is to believe. What must I do to work the works of God, it's to believe. John six twenty nine. It's to believe on the one He sent. Those who believe in My name, you will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. So my job is to believe and lay the hands. You got it. Now, so I believe God. I lay hands, and the rest is up to the receiver. In the healing process, listen to this. In the healing process, when you're ministering healing. There's three parts to it. Number one is the source. That's God. God is the source of the healing power. And God said in the book of Malachi, I change not. So he's the source. The same way if right now, right now, uh, you're hearing my voice through loudspeakers or you're hearing us online here. I'm the source of the voice. I'm speaking into a microphone, which this is called a transmitter. That's the second part of the process, a transmitter. But the transmitter is connected to, wirelessly, a receiver in the back. So for the process to work, there must be a source, a transmitter, and a receiver. When you're riding down the street, you listen to, to, your, to the radio in your car. There's a source somewhere. Somebody's talking in a DJ booth somewhere. They send out, they transmit a signal through a transmitter. In your car is a receiver. Now, the source is doing their job. The transmitter is doing its job whether you're tuned in or not. You receiving the signal is up to you tuning in as a receiver to the transmitter. So he says, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. So from his name, the source, God is a source. You and I who are going to minister healing, we are the transmitters. That's all we are. I'm a transmitter. I'm a carrier. <laughs> Everybody worry about who's the carrier these days. I'm a carrier. I'm not carrying coronavirus. I'm carrying healing. I'm carrying anointing. I'm carrying power. I'm carrying victory. I'm carrying deliverance. I'm carrying the blessing. Remember he told the disciples one day, he said, when you go out there, he says, and you find peace in a city, in a home, he said, you can, you can uh, leave your peace there. In other words, he's sending them out to be transmitters of peace. You just had to find the right receivers. 
I'm going to teach on that tomorrow night about, about when, you're, when you are ministering healing, how you got to find, you need, you need to find people uh, when you're in a group, you got to find faith. You got to know how to locate faith in a group. This is important because God's getting ready to send us out as healing teams. You're going to encounter a group of people somewhere who all need to be prayed for. You got to know how to locate faith and hit them first. Because that'll help jack up everybody else's faith. So you got to have God as a source. You are the transmitter. Now it's up to the receiver to receive that healing power. You got it? All right. Now let's cover one more area and then we'll, that's it. So God is a source. I'm the transmitter. The rest is up to the receiver. But healing always comes. All right, last part here. Write this down. Our Father does the work. Our Father does the work. Now, we were just in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And 18 said, you lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Now, let's also read verse 19 and verse 20. Because our Father does the work. It says, so then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he tells them what they're going to be doing, he was received up into heaven and sat down where he's still sitting right now at the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went out, Chris, and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Working with them. And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So whatever word they preached, there were signs that accompanied that word. But notice it says, the Lord working with them. So what you and I have to understand simply is that our Father or the Lord does the work. Our job is to go everywhere and preach and make ourselves available for the anointing to flow through us. I don't have to make anything happen. I just got to be the conduit, the vessel. They went out. So this is the simple formula for us. We go out and preach. And the Lord's going to work with us. Now, this phrase is a phrase in the, in the Greek, working with. I want you to hear this. <clears throat> How many ever heard the, the, the English word synergy? Okay, watch this. Working with is the Greek word from G4903, synergio. Well, we get the English word synergy. Synergy, every, every, every corporation talks about that. A school, a principal at a new school, a new principal at a school says, hey, we want to, really want to build a synergy around our, in our company. We want everybody to be working together. We want to build cohesiveness. So when it says the Lord working with them, it's synergio. In other words, you and God have synergy. Sin, S-Y-N, means same or together. 
energy. Sin, S-Y-N, like synonym, synchronize, synthesize, sin, same or together, energy. You and God flow in the same energy. And I don't mean some 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 new 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 uh new new age. I'm talking about I'm talking about the energy of God. It's the anointing. It's the power of God. You and God have the same. You operate in the same energy. The whole, the Lord went with them. He worked with them. He gave them the same energy. Look at what this word means. It means to work together, to help in work. Watch this. Here it is, Chris, what you said earlier. Be partner in labor. God partnered with them. The Lord partnered with them. Watch what it says here. Here it is. Here's that same energy. To put forth power together is to link your energy. So God will put his energy with your energy. Well, what's my energy? Is I physically get up and I go out there and I preach. And I'm going to extend my hand. I'm going to lay my hand. That's my energy. But then my energy is accompanied by his energy flowing through me. My energy, people can see it. They can see the effect of my energy. I walked up to him. I talk. I lay my hands. I speak. But then his energy, they can't see it. It just hits them. Bam! <laughs> Anybody's ever been felt been stricken by the power of God, you know when that energy comes. Bam! Some of y'all have made the mistake of touching a light switch or something like that. And you felt that natural energy, bam, it's make your hair stand up on your head, or you jump back. I don't understand. Why do people come to church and they fall out? Because there's synergy. When those men went to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, they got to him and they said, we're looking for Jesus. He says, I am he. And they fell out. Bam! Fell on the ground. So how are you so uppity? You don't believe in people passing out, falling out in church at your uppity self. They fell out at his voice. Bam! I don't believe in all that stuff. You've never felt the synergy. To put forth power together and thereby to, watch this, assist. So Jesus comes along as your assistant. Oh, you can't say that. I'm just telling you what he said. He comes along to assist you. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. Catch this. this now it's your ministry. When Jesus was here, it was his ministry. Now he's with the Father. Now it's your ministry. Isn't that what it talks about in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13? The work of the ministry is your ministry. Now he comes along to assist you in, in, in your ministry. And let me tell you from experience preaching 31 years, you do not want to preach or minister without the Lord assisting you. Before I walk out of my office every service, I stop and I pray. And I say, Lord, I need you to work, to work with me. I don't want to go out here by myself. I can tell you, there are, there are times I've preached by myself. And nothing nice about preaching by yourself. 
You ever, you ever heard a preacher say, my, my help coming on, I feel my help coming on? I feel my help coming on. Why do you say that? It's my assistant. <sighs> he comes along to assist. So then my job is to go out and preach everywhere. The Lord will work with us. Y'all got this? In John 14, 10, the last scripture, Jesus said, do you not believe, this is when he's talking to Philip, but I'm in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak on, speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So whatever you and I go about doing, don't ever get your big head. Don't all of a sudden start getting business cards. I'm a, I'm a world-class faith healer. No, you're not all that. No, I'm an instrument. I'm a vessel. I'm a transmitter. Hallelujah. The transmitter doesn't get all the glory. It's the source that gets the glory. Glory to God. That's all I'm doing. I'm carrying a signal from the source to the receiver. The Lord works with us to get the job done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody at home, say, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, listen. We're not teaching this just for us to be puffed up with revelation information. It's so that we can mobilize. God's ready to mobilize an exceeding great army of people who go out preaching and healing. Many times what we've done in the body of Christ is we've focused on witnessing. I'm going out witnessing. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, not witnesses for me, Witnesses unto me. In other words, what you do is going to be a witness of me. So what's going to, what he'd always do would, would be to work with them. The signs, wonders, miracles, even the gifts of the Holy Ghost would point people back to Jesus. And people who you witness to Many of them won't receive or they can't receive because they haven't seen anything. So our witness has been mm, just very slim in, in its effectiveness. But God in this hour is preparing a brigade of people who will go out and minister not just tell somebody about Jesus, but demonstrate Jesus. I don't just mean demonstrate the love. Are we going to show love? Are we going to cook some hot dogs and some hamburgers and, you know, give them a little bag of chips and, you know, a little, a little water? No, I'm talking about see somebody, they got a broken leg and you heal them. Yeah. See a person, they're blind in, in a group of people and you just heal one and everybody's, what? What? See, this is what God is calling us to do. It's our time. In other words, it has to go past the church house. Because people out there 
have been so turned off from the church, all they've heard, all they've seen, all they've been told, they're not running into here. So what we have to do is go everywhere preaching and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, and then they'll come to know Jesus Christ. You got it? That's what God's calling us for in this hour. Amen? Amen. That's healing school session number one. Come on, give God a praise for that tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for each person tonight who has heard this teaching. I pray that God, those who are already walking in this kind of ministry, that they just simply stirred up again to continue to operate, even to go more and higher, to do uh, more than they ever have. And I pray that those of us, Lord, many people in the body of Christ who've never walked in this kind of ministry, Lord, will be stirred to enter into it, to, to plunge in feet first, ready, hallelujah, to hit the ground running, to minister to people, Lord. So many people are dying and needlessly in this earth because the body of Christ has not risen up to the place that you've called us to be in. But God, thank you for the mobile force that is being raised up now to go out into this world and minister the gifts of healing, the gifts of the Spirit in this, in this world, to uh, see mighty signs and wonders and miracles, demonstrating the very power and the love nature of Father God. So I pray, Father, that all that we do, we will exalt Jesus and bring Jesus glory, bring Jesus honor, bring Jesus praise in the earth. And Father, thank you for that, for the synergy that we have together with you, that you work with us. Hallelujah. Confirming the word with signs following. We give you praise and glory and honor for tonight. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs>